0: The end of the year, and before we started worshiping, I saw a lot of yawns. Like, I can see people are tired, and, and I'm I'm also tired, but I think we're also coming to a time of the year where a lot of people are getting to a place, a lot of people are closing maybe this coming week, and uh it's a time of the year where people are gonna let their guards down, and I saw this on Friday. A lot of businesses in our street. They were my well, warehouses. At their year and function, and uh, in front of their businesses, cries were going, um, and and people that normally act, uh, you, you know, in business, they come and approach you, and normally with the, when they start doping and chopping, they let their guards down, and you see a side of them like, whoa, <laughs> that's interesting, because they come and they, you can hear out, you can see because. Across the street and down in the street, and it's interesting. I think a lot of people during this time, as we come towards the end of the year, as we're coming to a time where people are going to let their cars down, I want to encourage you tonight as a follower of Christ. I'm not saying do not enjoy yourself, what I'm saying is, and I'm going to touch on this message, is that keep your guard up in this time. There's a lot of people that, that as they go into a time, they go into depression. It's the loneliest of time of the year for them. Other people go and they do silly things. And uh, we've got the opportunity. If you know Jesus, we're like are like has spoken. If you know Jesus, you have a, a relationship with Jesus. You and me are his hands and feet in this time. We can be the gospel to them. And not just only by preaching, but by living it out. So I know Roland was touching on the armor of God. And he touched it last week on the area of prayer. And what that looks like in our, in our life. Tonight I want to touch on the word of God. And look, that sword of the spirit is the word of God. Do you know that the sword in the armor is the only part of the armor that's offensive and defensive? You can use it to protect, and you can use it to attack. I don't have a sword here. I should have asked somebody for a sword. But I think those people are letting the guards down, they might get silly with it. <laughs> but we use it to protect ourselves and to defend ourselves, and we can use it to attack. And not attacking meaning there's a way that we can, we can use it, and I want to touch on it tonight. And so if you can put up that first scripture for me, it's out of 2 Timothy 4. And uh, Paul is coming, you know, he's coming towards the end of his life. And he's addressing Timothy, this young man. And he's, he's giving, uh, 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 he's urging Timothy, he's telling him what he must do. And he's equipping him. And, and it says the following. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and, and his kingdom, Preach the word. Be urgent in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be on failing in patience and in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. December is one of those times. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their unlikings, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. Okay, so Paul is addressing them. He's urging him. He's saying, listen, I want you to go out and I want you to go and preach the gospel. That word that, 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 word that they use there, he says, I charge you. Something that they use in the court of law is like, it's like an oath. I, I need you to go out and do this. And so it's very serious what he's saying to you. But when somebody gives you, say, listen, I want you to go and do something. What do we normally do? We start asking questions. No, we start asking, who should do it? Like if I, my three children stand around and say, listen, we're going to do X, Y, and Z today. We, we're going to clean the house. And, then, and they're like, okay, who's going to do what? And then they're going to say, why do we have to do it? What do we have to do? When do we have to do it? And then how do we have to do it? And when we get a charge like this, we, I think we ask the same questions. And I want to touch on those things, those five things tonight. And the first one is, who must preach? Paul is giving Timothy, the, the, he's giving him the instruction here. And everybody thinks, no, Timothy is a leader. He must go out, and he must be the one that goes and preach. And likewise, in the church, people think, no, the leaders are the ones that must preach. I am very privileged to stand here tonight and to have the opportunity to preach. One of my biggest fears, public speaking. And God has changed my life. And it's given me the gift and ability to do this. And to those that are standing in front of you, bringing the message across. But it is not just for the leaders and the teachers and the preachers. And I want you to say, can everybody say this after me? A call to all. Okay, this is not just for Timothy. Paul is addressing said, but this is for us. It's for all of us. Say all of us. Okay, so that will be the topic of the preach, a call to all, living and proclaiming the gospel. So this is not just for the leaders, as I said, It's for each and every single follower of Christ to declare a message that can transform somebody's life. say transform. I'm going to ask you to be active tonight to, be like, uh, to when, when you, when you hear something, and you must reply and you can yes, and you can amen, because I know you're tired, but I want you to, to get involved, all right and then amen thank you <laughs> but you know what's amazing you know what's the most amazing when you say yes jesus i accept i want to i want you i want to live for you what you are doing is you're saying to jesus i want to jesus i want to partner with you for the greatest mission that there ever was and is i want to help spread the word of the gospel to grow the kingdom and Jesus in Matthew 6 verses 10, if you can put up that scripture. Matthew 6 verses 10, last, who was over here last week? Who was over here? When Patty made a call to pray the Lord's Prayer, who all prayed this? Okay, I think we all prayed it. And it says, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. When we are living, speaking, and behaving according to the word of God, this is exactly what we are doing. We are answering that prayer. We are advancing the kingdom of God. There is no higher calling. In partnering with Jesus to advance the kingdom of God. Amen? There's no higher calling. It includes all people. Does it only mean to preach? The word is really, that word where he says, go and preach the word, it means to announce. Say announce. Proclaim. Set it forth. Deliver the truth. Make it known. It is not something you argue about, you declare it because God himself said it, right? Okay, so it's something that we go out, we do it with our mouths, but we also do it with Jesus' hands, his feet, and he uses us to advance his kingdom. Alright, so now I want to ask you the question, who must go and preach the gospel? Okay, so you got that right. Okay, this, I didn't hear everybody, but most of you got that right. The next one is, why must I preach? Why must I proclaim? Why must I make the gospel known? You can put up verse 3, please. It says, for a time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itchy ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own likings, and they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. People do not want to hear don't want to hear that we have an evil heart. People don't know what do not want to hear that they are sinners. They do not want to hear that Jesus is the only way to be saved. People do not want to hear that going to church in Hebrews it speaks about um, being actively involved in in church. You don't neglect the gathering of the saints. And we do that as part, and we, we make it a priority to do that. People do not want to hear that gossiping and slaughtering is from the pit of hell. People do not want to hear God's design for marriage. They don't, don't want to hear God's design for gender and God's design for relationship. They want to hear what the itchy ears want to hear. And they want to hear something that makes them feel good. Because when we grow up, we grow up selfish, right? We only live for ourselves. But then one day, when we get married, the word says, you will leave your father and your mother's house, and you will become two. No, one. Okay. So now I'm not selfish anymore. I don't live for myself. We live for each other. And to get that right, it's a part that we so it's the same with Jesus. When we say yes to Jesus, we don't live for ourselves anymore, we live for him, because that is our ultimate ultimate goal that we live for, is for Jesus. Okay. I remember the day very clearly when I got saved. And I sat under the Word of God, and when I heard the message, I heard what my flesh didn't want to hear. But inside, my heart was pounding outside of my chest. My stomach—I had butterflies, and they were all over the show. And I was saying to myself, "What's happening with me? What's happening with me?" And the gospel—the true gospel—that was preached—that preached to something that my flesh didn't want to hear, but my spirit replied. And when the call was made to, to accept Jesus, I, I just my body just reacted. And I got up, and I gave my life to Jesus. Something happened inside of me, and I realized that I'm going to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I'm going to give an account for my life. And I'm, I'm going to be judged. But I knew that if I accepted Jesus, I knew But I'm going to live for Jesus. And I'm not going to hell. People don't want to hear they're going to hell if they don't accept Jesus. And I knew that I'm going to heaven. But that made me realize the fact that I'm going to be judged. I'm going to stand before the King of Kings and give an account of my life. Made me realize that I want to serve Him. That's why we must preach. Because people are going to hell. And we've got the opportunity through our lives, to make a difference. If somebody didn't nag me to come to church, I don't know where I would have been today. And I'll get you that testimony just now. The fact that I'm going to stand before God, I knew, I knew that I had to choose Jesus. That was the gospel, the real gospel that was preached to me. Not what my ears wanted to hear inside, I responded. Um, it says in verse 1, it says, I charge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead. The judge. People are going to stand before the judge. And Luke 10, 20, says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that spirits are, are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. We want as many people as possible's names to be written in heaven. That's why we preach the gospel. Amen? There's an urgency. There's a charge because it's the difference between life and death. Right? Heaven and hell. All right. So now we know why we must preach. Right? Who knows why we must preach? Can I see some hands? No, no. Okay. Because people are going to hell And we are Jesus' hands and feet. And we want to see them with us in heaven. Okay, Donnie, now what must I preach? Okay, so the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We preach the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3, verses 60. It says, All Scripture is God-free and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped, say equipped, for every good work. Equipped for every good work. We preach the gospel that we have applied in our lives. Okay, so it happens by application. By when we sit here, when we hear this, we don't leave here and carry on. We leave here and we apply it as we go out. It's It's like whenever, I should have had a sword here. Will this work? Okay, if I learn how to, if I don't learn how to use the sword to defend myself and to attack, what's going to happen if I go into a battle? I'm not going to get very far. I hope I don't get killed, but I'm going to have to come back quickly and learn how to use the sword to defend and how to attack. And it's exactly the same. We've got to use the Word of God and we preach the Word of God when we apply it into our lives 2 peter 1 verses 3 says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge say knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness the only way we are going to know get to know the word of god is by applying it in our lives we don't, it's not going to help if we just look at our bibles there's no Bluetooth that links up with your brain, and it's not, it's not just going to transfer the Bible into your brain. We've got to open it. We've got to spend time in it, and then when we spend time in it, we apply it. We do what it says. It says many things, which speaks to our hearts. When we when we read it, we will know. It. Our input will determine our output. We all know that, so we've got to prioritize reading our Word. We've got to prioritize attending church i'm not saying when you take a break and you take you want to go and rest and whatever there's a time for that but we prioritize church because that is when we sit under the power of god's word His powerful word and then god places us in a family where we can apply the word and so we're all going to get along very nicely right each and every single one of us. Oh, we're going to get along. Very nicely. Can, we, can I get an amen? Do we all get along? No. <laughs> no. We don't all get along. But what we must do is we must work towards it. To get along. Because God places us in a family. In my family. I don't always get along with my children. And they don't always get along with me. But they don't just walk out when we don't get along. We work things out. And I like what Peter said this morning. I've never sat with my children and showed them how to do a budget. I just say, there's no money. Huh? But I've learned something today. And if I wasn't here today, I wouldn't have learned that. But now I can approach it differently. I can go sit with them and say, hey, this is the situation. This is I've learned something, man. And God taught me something through that. This week, um, someone told me that they, <laughs> they, were at the Air- they were in Joburg. And so they, they, they rushed to the train station, the Chao train, to catch the train to the airport. But when they got to the station, they already purchased the ticket, they were late. And then there they said, there the train goes. And then eventually, they got to the next train, they got to the airplane, or to, the, to the airport. And we got to the airport, and so there goes his plane because <laughs> he was late. Listen to me. Coming to church and not applying the word is like arriving at the airport. Already purchased your ticket, but seeing the plane take off. The church is the airport. The plane is Jesus and how we apply his word. Don't miss the train. Don't miss the airplane. Apply what we've learned, what we've learned in the word. A lot of people come to church and they miss the plane. They miss accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So keep on coming to the airport. But tonight, don't leave here. Don't leave here without catching that plane. All right. Okay. Don't miss the train. Don't miss the plane. Okay. So now we know we need to preach the word of God. By preaching, is not only by our mouth, it's by living it out. And I'll, I'll touch on that just now. When, Donnie, must we preach the word? Ach, just every now and then when we feel like it, right? Ah, is, that, is that when we preach the word? Verses 2 says, preach the word. Be, only Sundays. Andre. I want to follow you, Yo Andre. <laughs> preach the word. Be urgent in season. And out of season. Some people are confused about what that really means. What it does not mean is that we have to push the gospel onto people whether they want to do it or not. That's not what it means. You don't help a blind person to get to the other side of the road. You don't just go and grab them and say, come, let me take you to the, assuming that they want to go to the other side of the road. Because they'll get there and they will not be where they want to be. And they're still going to be blind, you, you, or they want to be on that side of the street. That is like, like, like what's what's like Bible bashing somebody. I've seen many people. They, 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 they come in. They evangelize, and they just bring the scripture. And this guy's like, "What are you talking about?" And they just like, "No, there's ways that we approach people by living it out. We live out the gospel." There's a guy with a name. John R.W. Stott, and he said the following. He says this verse, to be urgent in season out of season, he says this is not a biblical warrant for rudeness, but a biblical appeal against laziness. Do it, we do it, whether we want to or not. So in other words, when the opportunity arises, even when we don't feel like it, We use it. We share a testimony. We share somebody else's testimony. We pray for somebody. We share the gospel with them. We all know what the gospel is. You're a Christ follower, you know, because you came to a place of salvation. You share that, that Jesus is the only one that can help you with your hurt, with your brokenness, with your anger, with your pridefulness. He's the only one that can do that for you. it whether you feel like it or not jesus showed it the disciples showed it every they didn't go and plan they're going to preach here they're going to do this the, the disciples when they walked past the gate and the guy for us for, for money the opportunity was there he said money i don't know but what i do have for you but I, what i do have for you that they feel like it didn't we don't know but when the opportunity arises Don't miss. Who's missed an opportunity? I've missed many opportunities. Some I didn't. I only heard about later. Some I missed because I was like, oh, I don't want to do it now. And I had to repent of that. But I want to say to you this December and going into next year, don't miss the opportunity to tell somebody at the door. You know what? I can see you tired. I'm going to pray for you. And see you tired. But you know, Jesus loves you. And he wants the best for you. If you can afford it, pay for somebody's groceries. What I, yeah. What I, what I sometimes do, and my, my, a couple of weeks ago, the, the, the boy came running up his mom and he had two chocolates, one for his mom and his mom said, no, no, sorry. You can't put it back. And, uh, and so I, I took the chocolates, and just when they finished praying, I said, here's your chocolates. And I told the lady, those boys' eyes light up like this. Generosity. You don't know what God's going to do. There's many things that you can do. There's many ways that you can, can, can preach the gospel, you can pro- proclaim, that you can be um, generous with, for, for people. Proclaim the word. There's nothing else that can set the human heart free. All right, and then the last one. Okay, Donnie, I've heard all these things, but how do I preach the gospel? Verses 2, says, convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. And so these are some of the ways, and I just want to get back to the scripture. You don't have to put it up there. But the 2 Timothy teaches, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So sometimes we're going to have to convince people. Not pressure them into something, we're going to convince them. It, it's, a, it's a word that is addressed to the mind so we can reason with people. because And we can only do that when we've read the word of God, right? That's why I want to urge you, spend time in the Word. Reason, set forth, set forth something, a reasonable way, answering questions, um, a logical explanation for things um, that is going wrong. There is many things going wrong in the world right now. And people need to know why. What is going on? They, 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 tonight, they, they're doing that video, right? it job? Yeah, Who's all been at the 412? Who all understands a bit better what's going on in the world? Yes. And we, only the gospel can do that. So there we can use convinced rebuke. Ooh, strong word. Who likes rebuking? Ooh, I told you earlier, <laughs> only Andre loves rebuking. He's like, this I can take it. But if somebody is destroying their own lives, not just their own life but those around them they need to be rebuilt. they need to be corrected and we can do it in an encouraging and a loving way but we only learn that to, how to do it if we apply the word of God exhortation encouraging they need their wills to be challenged and encouraged to act exhorting them to encouraging their wills to set aside their fears and believe the truth of the gospel sometimes we need to Encourage people. So there's things that you can do with your mouth, you can rebuke, you can exhort, you can convince. But I want to tell you before I'm finished. When I was when at the age of twenty six, I was not saved, and there was a lady by the name, and I'll never forget her name, and you guys know how good I'm am at remembering names, right? No, right? Okay, you see my ears? I've got no ear. I'm not that good. But I'll never forget In line. Pani Kori Grant, in Paul. She was, there was something in her. We had to go for classes, we were going to uh, baptize uh Danae, still the, not the right way. But we didn't know, because we didn't go to church, the only reason why we went was because we wanted to baptize, and we had to do, go and do classes. But there was something about Tanikori Grand that I could see I wanted something of that. And I think that's where Jesus started working and the Holy Spirit started working in me. And then Angelique's grand, grandmother, she just oozes Jesus. She, like, you can sit for hours. I, I hang on her lips when, she, when, I, when, I, when, I, when we're in a conversation. She's 92 years old. But she doesn't only speak it, she lives it. I want something of what she wants. I hope that when I, I don't know if I'm going to get to 92 years, because uh, I've got three daughters. Um, but but I'll maybe get to 90. I really love my daughters. I promise you. Um, but but when <laughs> yes, thank you. But it's they're not the problem. I'm the only man in the house, so I've got a. I'm the one that 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 uh, needs to learn. And so God is very gracious to me. But these people, because of the way that they live their lives, because of the way they do things, you look at them. And so the thing that really got me to get to go to church is when I saw somebody's life transformed in front of my very eyes. And this person was... (laughs) Yo, this person was rough, very rough. He couldn't speak a sentence without every second word being a swear word. He treated people rudely, badly. Like, really, really badly. And the, he was just... But then I saw that he started he stopped swearing. And uh, his life started changing. More gentle to people. And I was like, what is going on here? This is like, no, man. And then suddenly he starts inviting me to church. I said, what? How's this? This, this rough... Oh. and what's happening but that intrigued me and after many a times I thought hey I've got to go check this out I, want, I need to go and see what happened to this guy and the very first time when I sat under the word my life changed that was the day my life changed because somebody life was transformed but he didn't only speak it he lived it out I could see the change I want to encourage you, from this day going forward live out your testimony live it out encourage people Share the gospel. Share your testimony. Proclaim the good news. Paul says it's good news. It is not news of what we have to do for God. It's news about what Jesus has already done for you and me. Jesus went to the cross. He went in my place. He went in your place. He took my sin and exchanged it. He took it away. In my place. And then he came to live in me. And he started healing my heart. He started healing my brokenness. And I went from somebody that had no purpose. To somebody that had purpose in life. And I'm I'm on that plane. And that plane isn't smooth sailing. are air bumps. What do you call it? Air pockets. Turbulence. I've been on many flights where there were hectic turbulence. But I'm on the plane. And I'm living my life for Jesus to the best of my ability. And I want to grow each and every single day. But that's what it does. The gospel has the power to transform lives. That's why we preach the gospel. And we do it through proclaiming it through our lives. With our mouths. With the way that we do things. With the way that we live out our lives. We're not rude to people. We love people. We encourage them. When we rebuke, we do it in a way that is loving, that is gentle. Are we always going to get it right? No. But we have a Jesus that has taken our sins upon him, and we can ask for forgiveness. The church have the answer to hurt and to heartache and to the human need all around us. It is the most effective thing that we can do. The darker the hour, the greater the need for the preaching of the word through our lives. And Jesus has called each and every single one of us to do that. And then he says, in patience and in teaching, we should never use pressure tactics. To make people act or say things that they don't believe or that they're not convinced about we don't abandon those who are slow in responding but as paul says we have to keep on explaining answering questions clarifying applying the gospel in all areas of life listen i want to tell you just like the holy spirit did with me When the gospel was preached, when the testimony was shared, when a life was changed, something happened inside. Maybe you're sitting here, something's happening inside. If that is you, your heart's pounding right now, and you've never given your life to Jesus. Something's happening inside. You need to respond. You need to get onto that plane. So with our heads bowed down, is there anybody here? That wanna say, I wanna get onto plane, I wanna give my life to Jesus, I wanna serve him. Is is there anybody here quickly raise your hand? Will they hit one?